Welcome to the But Why Though podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in the nerd pop culture community. My name is Aaron. Today I'm joined by the original, the original Adrian Ruiz. Say hello, pal. Hey, how's it going? And the reviewing machine that is also known as the Spider-Man fanatic, CJ. Hey guys, good. Glad How's to be everyone here. doing this week? Uh, getting over some sickness, but you know, Oof. happy to be talking some pop culture stuff. So if I'm a little nasally, then y'all remember that's probably <laughs> why. But you know, it's don't adjust, still don't adjust your ever. audio. It's still it's still Adrian. <laughs> yeah, it's still me. Doing great myself. I am starting to pack for my trip to San Diego in two weeks because I'll be covering Comic Con for the con for the site. It'll be my first in-person comic-con in two years ever since you know bubble pandemic and everything <laughs> kind of really excited especially with all the stuff that's coming out and yeah yeah it's super exciting that's awesome i was gonna say i'm, I'm excited to see some of the stuff coming up from uh, san diego comic-con this year so i think that's gonna be a lot of fun so we are on to episode two exciting times obviously if you're just joining us and you have not listened to the first episode go back and check that out there's a lot of great conversations this week, we are going to be talking about the latest trailers. Some of the things that caught our eye this week was Harley Quinn, Season 3, Paper Girls coming to Amazon Prime, uh, The Woman King, and if we've got a little bit of time, maybe a bit of Clerks 3 as well. Our weekly topic this week is, as you know, we're kind of bringing back some of the old but why though and trying to mesh it in with our new version of the podcast. We're actually going to be taking a beat and looking at the Star Trek franchise and the reinvigoration of that since it's come to a CBS All Access, which is now obviously Paramount Plus. And then lastly, Adrian, CJ and I will cover some of the shows and movies we've been watching uh, that we think you should check out. All right, so without further ado, let's dive in and talk about a bit of Harley Quinn. So in the last time that we recorded, there was obviously a season three trailer for Harley Quinn. Uh, it's gonna be coming to HBO Max. Uh, season three is out. July 28th. It's developed by Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher, starring the vocal talents of Kaylee. I can never say this name. Kaylee Kukoo, I think it is. It's Kukoo. I, I always butcher it. Yeah. Uh, Lake Bell, Alan Tudyk, Ron Funches, and Tony Hale, plus a lot of other brilliant voice actors. CJ, what did you think of the trailer, pal? Absolutely insane and bloody, which kind of fits Harley Quinn. I love that it's picking up after the end of season two with Harley and Poison Ivy now a couple. And it has stuff like Harley kidnapping Amanda Waller and James Gunn himself making a cameo, <laughs> which is amazing because, yeah, I love the Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker. So for Gunn to actually cameo in one of these is really fun. Good stuff. So. It's just so crazy. Also, we got confirmation that Batman does do that with Catwoman. <laughs> so i'm pretty sure the writers room are like okay we'll address this <laughs> now adrian off air we were talking about you haven't actually seen this show but based on the trailer that you're excited enough to go back and watch it so so what, what was it about the trailer that kind of caught your eye yeah i just didn't know that it was like adult animation i thought it was um just because of like the the animation style of just seeing like clips and stuff of like as it as it goes through twitter more kind of like the kidification that we have of you know, of the animation. So I thought it was just that, which is fine. I mean, I, I, I love that stuff as well. I'd probably 
one of the few people on the planet who still likes Teen Titans Go. I think it's I, I like that meta-ness. But I think that's why I like that trailer so much because it was such like a meta trailer and, and, and I'm about it. And I don't know what, what it is with like showrunners and superhero orgies. I don't know like why that's a thing right now. But, you know, they're going to give us that in, in Harley Quinn and I'm, I'm down. And then just that voice acting cast is crazy. Like that's a crazy, crazy voice acting cast. Alan Tudyk is a man of many, many voices. His, his vocal talent is like just unmatched. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But I would say in Harley Quinn, especially, like he just goes off the rails because he's he kind of play, like as he's the voice of Clayface and he just, he's very dramatic. He's almost like a thespian and he just plays it so extra and it's just funny. Yeah, I think Clayface is one of my favorite characters in the show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm it gets even greater, better when you realize that Clayface is an actor in the comics. So, <laughs> see, I, did, I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's yeah. really fun. And then who was it? Uh, Rum Funches is King Shaw. I forget who Tony. I can see Tony Hill's character. And I can't think of the name. And then, yes, Doctor Psycho. Uh, and then Kelly Kakoa is obviously uh, Harley Quinn with Lake Bell playing Poison Ivy. I I hope uh, Kite Man makes a return because I just <laughs> Kite Man's just ridiculous. Like. The whole way through the show, he's just like, hell yeah. <laughs> he's just, it just made me laugh. I think that's what the show is. It's just, it's a crazy, funny, just out there, no holds bar adult animation that just, it just goes for it. And I really appreciate that because you know, we've had a lot of discussions yeah. within the Discord. We've had a lot of discussions on, you know, YouTube reviews and podcasts and so on and so forth that, you know, not everything needs to be all ages all the time. And uh, this one's definitely one that just like, no, this is truly adult animation and just go, just really goes for it and see, sees like what crazy thing they can get away with this season or this week. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy that about the show. So I think it's a lot of fun. And again, having James Gunn on, again, being involved in the Suicide Squad, I was like, that's just genius. He seems to be fully leaning into the DC world these days, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was three seasons in this day and age is is crazy. Let alone for an adult animation, so it must be. Well, I was going to say, and I think season you know, one and season two followed it, followed each other pretty quickly. So I I think they must have been greenlit back to back. Um, because I, I there was a very short window in between season one and season two, to the point I actually thought it was a part one and part two. It you know for a whole season. <laughs> So it was a little confusing here and there. But yeah, so yeah, going third season, it seems to be going very strong. People, and I think people in general, Adrian, have kind of had that same reaction that you talked about. Like they weren't really sure what to expect. The initial trailer and, you know, their expectations kind of put them off and then they watched it and they were like, this is a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, next up on the list is Paper Girls. This is coming to Prime Video on July 29th. This is originally an image comic story from Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chang. It's directed and developed by uh, Stephanie Folsom, and it features uh, Ali Wong. And now I've seen the most recent trailers. Uh, I think there was one this week and one about a a week ago, two weeks ago or something like that. And I have to say, I I really dug the vibe, but I'm going to turn it over to CJ first because I know you've read the comics so you can give us a bit of a better sense from what you're seeing from the trailer versus what you know of the overall story. So basically the overall story is four girls obviously have a paper route and through some twisty shenanigans, they end up traveling through different points in time, meeting their future selves and learning that sometimes 
the future is not all it's cracked up to be. And I know a lot of people have obviously drawn comparisons to a certain Netflix show, but this and Stranger Things are working on a different vibe. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I think, yeah, people, you know, Stranger Things especially relies on that kind of like nostalgic, like, oh, you remember these commercials and these things you did with kids? And, and it looks kind of like more of a... Um, advanced future based on kind of what we saw from the most recent trailer as well yeah it, when stranger things leans more into horror paper girls leans more into okay. sci-fi like hard science fiction so there's another adrian what did you think of the trailer um i didn't really know what to expect i i personally hadn't heard of like paper girls like as a comic series um or anything like that i got like very much um more sci-fi vibes like more like kind of like ghostbusters type of meets back to the future type you know vibes going on uh but i'm a big fan of ali wong so basically anything she's in you, you at least got me for the first you know few episodes to to, to get me in because i think she's fantastic and then like looking at the uh like pro- the producers christopher cantwell who is a uh you know he he does a lot of he's doing the current run of the obi-wan comic and i know that i know his writing is fantastic so i imagine that this is going to be a you know pretty well done thought out series and obviously with so much source material i think it's kind of hard to miss but it, it looks it looks good i think it's hard for like child actors especially because yet stranger things and um you know those are like the child actors that we've kind of yeah. seen grow up over the last few years or six years so um i'm down for like a new a new batch of kids who who go out there and kill it and they they look like they have really great acting chops so um i'm down sign me up yeah i was just i know me and cj were having a conversation this week in the discord about you know specifically we were talking about paper girls that led into the whole like you know it was an image comic story and just realizing like lately how many uh stories that image comics is bringing into the tv adaptation space so it's it's exciting to see because i'm you know i think sometimes when people who haven't read many comics you know they naturally think of marvel and dc but there's such a vast array of fantastic stories out there that lend itself to great television long-form storytelling and, um, you know, we're, we're now yeah. getting the, the benefits of, you know, things like The Boys and Invincible and things like that. So it's it's exciting to see, you know, something like Paper Girls hit Prime Video. And Prime's been championing a few, like, really, really good titles lately. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it also goes to show, like, in the same way that adult animation is showing that animation is wild, all these image annotations are showing that comics has a wide range of stuff. Yeah, this is a chance for more people to learn about Paper Girls because I remember when Invincible dropped and the comics were selling out like crazy. So maybe <laughs> yeah. Paper Girls has that same effect. I'm just like, yes, I love it. Never wrong in that time reading more comics. I, I was just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely one of them. I'm, I'm into like volume <laughs> 20 of Invincible. It's just, it's an insane comic series. It's so good. All right, moving swiftly on, the uh, next big trailer that caught our eye uh, this past week, uh, which actually just came out a few days ago, was The Woman King. Uh, This movie comes out September 16th this year. Uh, It is directed by Gina uh, Prince-Bithwood. I apologize, I am not good at pronouncing names at all. Gina price Okay, there we go. Thank you, CJ, for that awesome save. Uh, and it features the wonderful acting talents of Viola Davis, uh, Lashana Lynch, and John Boyega, uh, to name a few. So, guys, uh, Adrian, what did you think? Uh, to give me, you give Viola Davis a sword and like let her run around with her biceps out. Like, what else do you need? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, that that should just be the thing. You don't even need a trailer, you know, because that was the first thing I heard. Hey, and like, I'm in, I'm in. Give yeah, me more. I'm in. Yeah, sign me up, dude. <laughs> Viola Davis and John Boyega gets more roles because if I know some people have may not have seen him in other stuff, but John Boyega is a fantastic actor in some of his more kind of serious roles, you know, where he's not, you know, the butt of the joke in, in Star Wars, yeah. right? So he's fantastic, and so is Viola Davis. So is his whole cast. His whole cast is insane. So I think it's going to be, you know, just give give her the Oscar already, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's what people are probably thinking. That's what I'm thinking, because she looks super fierce in this and powerful, and, and I'm down. And I don't know how she keeps doing it over and over and over again, but... She, you know, she, she, she tends to tackle these like really intense roles, right? Where she's just like, yeah, she just latches onto them. Just it looks like she just fully pours herself into a role. Yeah, and it's obviously based on kind of like the subject matter. It's going to be some some heavy stuff in there too. So I'm sure there's going to be some powerful scenes, and I don't imagine I'm coming out of here with uh, with dry eyes. I don't think. Yeah, CJ, what do you think about the trailer? It blew me away. Like the cast is phenomenal, as Adrian mentioned, and the whole concept is great. It's apparently based on a true story, and I love that more, more digging into African history, because you know we've had you know stuff like Gladiator and Three Hundred, but yeah, to dig more into African history is great, and it just looks so great. And Gina Price Bifwood is a phenomenal director. Uh, she did The Old Guard on oh, Netflix, okay. and that is a phenomenal one. And also, Aaron, more proof that Image Comics yeah, is... Yeah, just keep, keep, keep giving it to me. This is... <laughs> Adrian's don't, like, I'm you expecting don't have to some sell crazy me more. You've got my money. <laughs> oh, come on. The Old Guard with Viola Davis? Come on. <laughs> exactly. You have, a phenomenal, you have a phenomenal director who did a great movie. You have a talented cast, and you have a great hook. I'm sold. I don't need it anymore. I will be there first day in theaters yeah i mean based on what i saw i mean I, that one part with uh lashana lynch where they put you know the sword in between them and she's just like again pushing on it and she's just oh man like if that's just even just a short snippet of what to expect from this movie this movie is just gonna it's gonna be one of those ones you have to go see it like it looks just bloody brilliant like really again really intense but it, it's gonna have everything and the fight choreography i mean that looks really really badass and i love it when they kind of you find a really good property with just fantastic fight choreography where they you really tell they've worked on it and they put time and effort into it as opposed to you know stringing together some really badly cut scenes where it kind of just flashes to get the emphasis over you know force being portrayed but this doesn't look like it's going to be that at all this really looks like that every single person's put in the work and it looks like a, a big crew as well yeah even the music looks like it's going to be or sounds like it's going to be great like the music they used for that trailer i think were perfect uh so i'm curious to see like who who's heading the music for this because it sounds like it's going to be as big a part of this as as anything absolutely if they got a South American composer, Lebo M, to do five original songs for the film. So nice, nice. You definitely get some South African music. I love that. Well, those those were the trailers that caught our eyes this week. If there's anything that you were looking at that you thought deserves a shout out, let us know. Jump into our Discord and always you can always tell us about that kind of stuff. All right, on to our next section of the podcast, uh, where we pick out a topic that we want to talk about and dive further into. And this week, uh, Paramount 
Plus has released the finale episode of Strange New Worlds Season 1. And uh, like I said, we thought it'd be fun to dive into kind of not only just Strange New Worlds, but like just Star Trek in general, because lately within CBS uh, All Access, you know, obviously now Paramount Plus, there's been a plethora of Star Trek shows and opposed to, you know, well, this is our current Star Trek show and we're pouring everything into it. They've really kind of gone out and expanded it. So like for anyone who's out there who doesn't know, currently you've got Discovery uh, in its fourth season, Picard in season two with a final third season coming. Lower Decks, I believe, has two seasons. Uh, Prodigy, which is the uh, young um, younger generation animation, uh, is in, just had its first season. And then Strange New World uh, just finished up its first season today. Uh, so, gents, what do we? How are we feeling about this new iteration of Star Trek? As far as like almost like going back to its roots, as far as long form storytelling, as opposed to, you know, I think for a while they were trying to really invest in almost like a movie franchise, trying to compete toe to toe with Star Wars. Yeah, it, it does remind me like a lot of like the Marvel versus like DC kind of way of doing it where they went in straight to the movies where yeah. now they're kind of going back and like, oh, hey, we're, we used to be a TV series. Like, let's remember that type thing. I think it's treating them a lot better. Um, I, I know that Discovery got like a lot of slack in the first like season because it wasn't like true Star Trek because it was more... Um, you know, storyline based. It had, it had like and, a whole like season, through, yeah. like through line. Yeah, exactly. But I'm a Deep Space Nine fan, so I don't care about like <laughs> give me all of the storylines personally. <laughs> uh, but it, it's great. And then we had Picard come back. Picard was great. Um, I'm not. I haven't watched you know the animated stuff yet, but I renewed my Paramount Plus, so we're we're <laughs> we're going through it all. <laughs> but I just finished Strange New Worlds, and it's great. It really does feel like a back to kind of basics uh, of Star Trek, and it kind of. Really, because way, way back in the day when we talked about uh, Star Trek on on the podcast, way, way back when, uh, it was hard for us to talk about the original series because it had a lot of problematic stuff in it. It did a lot of great stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. It did a lot of, a lot of really great stuff, but there was a lot of problematic stuff in it, uh, particularly with Kirk. But yeah, uh, this yeah, very much strange, a product of its time. Yeah, but this Strange New Worlds takes all that good stuff and brings it kind of to kind of like, you know, the modern time of, of where we're at for, for storytelling, and it knocks it out of the park. I, I just really, really enjoyed it. Like, I want to go back and watch it again because it was so, so great. And then I have Discovery to catch up on as well to, to get that other side of Star Trek that, you know, while some people might, might not like the action and, like, the intrigue and the drama, I'm with that too. And I think Star Trek, as Star Wars and all these other you know, franchises are, they're more than just the thing that they started out with. So I'm, I'm, I'm digging the, the branching out everywhere even into animation too because i've heard the animation is also fantastic cj how about yourself Bob? yeah it's it's actually really funny because a lot of people star wars and star trek are kind of in the same boat they kind of had a little bit of a rocky time in the modern era with movies and now have pivoted to streaming and tv and both have really thrived in the streaming area star trek especially because i feel like the Star Trek franchise under Paramount Plus has something for everybody. For more modern day streaming folks, you have Discovery. For folks who are really into Star Trek, specifically Next Generation, you have Picard. For younger viewers, there's Prodigy, which is really great. For um, Star Trek fans who are really into Star Trek and also like humor, there's Lower Decks. And now Strange New Worlds is another throwback of sorts to the original series. 
so yeah there's like a little bit of something for everybody and i think that's really great because whatever show you pick you're, you're probably gonna have a great time and i really do think that's a great approach and more folks should be looking at this and thinking oh that's this we could use that. it's so, yeah it, I really it's like been really interesting watching you know Viacom as a whole and Paramount Plus kind of lean into those Star Trek franchise, knowing it's such a big fan base as well. And again, not just saying, oh, well, you know, we'll just keep investing in Discovery or, you know, we'll do a kid's version of it and do Prodigy. Like, they've really, like, bulked out the entire franchise and kind of led it in different directions. You know, you get that week to, you know, uh, Adventure of the Week with Strange New Worlds. You get that through line with... um discovery and it's just been really nice to see and i think sometimes star trek like it's still sadly labeled with that like it's you know in the sci-fi world it's the super nerdy stuff and which is a real shame because i think one of the things that star trek really does well like better than anywhere else is captures that whole ensemble dynamic of bringing these really not just like a great captain but it's it's the crew that make it up and like paying uh you know depth of character to these uh you know to each of the people on the crew i mean i think i think that's one of the things i struggle with a little bit as far as kind of like with discovery into season one it it doesn't quite have a strongest crew but as they go through like once you get into that second season there's a noticeable uptick in the quality as far as the visuals and the character performances and even just the story like yeah i was thinking about that while i was watching uh strange new worlds and it, i'm glad you mentioned that Aaron, because i was thinking that too because strange new world the cast the people on the cast on the enterprise they already know each other you know there's not a whole lot of you know we're basically uhura in the sense of like she's the new person really and everyone yeah. else kind of already has these relationships so they don't spend time having to build those up like they do in discovery because i was thinking the same thing i was like man i wish discovery clicked like this when we first had it but you know that's a different kind of story they're having to build up to it that's why i think it's so much better in season two um yeah but i, I think it's i think it's a great way to do it i because so like so often now people are like oh here's a prequel of this thing why you know there's no new stories blah 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 but I'm I'm with it. I, I think it's a perfect time to do it, especially for the original series, because it, we're so far removed from that first series. And I, you're older Star Trek fans, you're gonna get mad here, but it's not it's not the best series. It's not, I mean, it's not even the best yeah. like top three series, I think yeah. personally. But this really shines a lot of great light into to that. I, I I again, I don't know because of all of the the timeline things with the movies. I don't know. And the recastings, I don't know if we're, like, doing any kind of, like, real continuity with this show to, like, the original series, original series. And yeah. if it is, dope. But we're getting little stuff here and there, you know. We we see Ahura kind of coming into her own. She's not just, like, the badass woman she is when we see her in, in the original series. Uh, get Captain Kirk's brother, you know, in, in there a little bit. So you get to see, like, his dynamic, like, with his other family members outside of just his dad and stuff. So I think it does a lot of things well that... You know, is this story necessary? It's something that we always ask, especially when we talk about like all this prequel stuff that we have in Star Wars. And I think it's a very necessary story because you're getting a lot of really, really great stuff here and a really great captain in Pike that is a little bit different than, than we've seen before. So Anson Mountman, I've not given that man enough credits because before this, I was kind of like, unfortunately, had slapped him with the label of like, oh, he's black belt on Inhumans and that show was <laughs> awful. 
it was just it left such a bad taste in my mouth. And then I hadn't actually so I will say like absolutely love Picard. I mean, you know, he's just my captain. I, I just love uh you know Patrick Stewart. He's he's just phenomenal. When he speaks, like I hang on every word, like he just he's such a thespian when he delivers, but he commands the room and it, I just love him. And I even like watching some of the episodes, how they're shot visually, like that show looks like it's got money behind it. Like it's movie quality episodes. I mean, season two's finale was ah oh, it was it was kinda it hit me in all the feels. Uh, I loved it. Um but I was really, really surprised because again, like other than Picard, I hadn't really watched a whole lot of Star Trek. I, I usually find myself in being more of a Star Wars person. But I you know I decided to take a go on Strange New Worlds and I reviewed it for the site. And I was surprised at how much I fell in love with this crew. So much so that I was like, if this is the quality of Star Trek that we are getting for just this show, then I have to go back and check out everything else. And I'll say as someone who's watched the original series, they make all the characters who aren't as interesting or who got written out of like the, the show, you know, back in the 60s, yeah. so much better now. You know, all the they're just so much better now than they were back then. Spock is still Spock, you know. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to be honest, I'm kind of over Spock, if, if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm the whole I'm human, I'm Klingon thing. They've been doing it for forever. I'm kind of over it. I cared much more about all of the other storylines and all these minor characters who didn't get nearly enough play because it was basically just the William Shatner show <laughs> back in the day. So it's 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 great. It's, it's uh, really fantastic. I will say, for my own sanity, cast more brown... Latinos and Latin uh, people in Star Trek, please. Like, there's so many beautiful people, like, in this series from, like, the main characters to the side characters. And there's, like, no brown people in this movie or in this series that are, like, oh, like, that person is a Latino. And it's not like in Star Wars where yeah. people people can say, oh, there's no, there's no Earth, so there's no Mexico or there's no Argentina, there's no Colombia. But this, we're, we're dealing with Earth. You can get someone from uh, a Latin country and like have them be a Starfleet captain or something and it, and it would work. Especially given that Starfleet is about mankind putting aside petty differences and uniting, so yeah. it should reflect all of mankind. Yeah, that. which it yeah. does really, really well. Except <laughs> we, think if we forgot to put in that the brown, be, yeah. you know, not the Eurocentric, you know, Latina that we always get in, in Hollywood. So that's kind of the only disappointing part for me that I wish we had more of that because you kind of see representation of basically everywhere else in there really well, but just not not there. Uh, but. Is, is, are we getting a season two? Do you, do we know if that's still going? Season two has been greenlit and has finished production. I was going to say, I, I know CJ and I were talking about this the other day, and I was going to be utterly shocked if they hadn't greenlit it at this point. Because again, it looked like they put a lot of money in and they'd spent a lot of time developing the ensemble cast and like giving them time to shine and, and doing you know different things with the story as well. Like, so, again, not shocked that there is a season two at this point. Oh, yeah, because uh, when Pike, number one, and Spock first appeared in Discovery, they were, like, really, really well-received. Yeah. And that reception is what greenlit Strange New Worlds, and given the reception it's been getting for season one, I am not surprised they decided to go with season two. So Yeah, and again, yeah. they've only just, like, you're right, like, they first oh, yeah. feature in, you know, season two of Discovery, because this is set a decade before the original series, so they could go on for a very long time. 
a very long time. And so. uh, do you know? Do you know what? I at this point, him. I'm okay with seeing Pike and his crew versus like anything with Kirk. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna mention that. I was gonna ask like what you guys thought of of you know the Kirk because you know which I which where I will give Star Trek over Star Wars any day of the week is their ability to just be like we're gonna recast this character everyone loves and just go with it. Yeah. And I thought. I, I liked the Kirk, but I like Pike, I think, a little bit more. Maybe because he's got more time with him, but he, he's just such a much more interesting character. That cast seems much more interesting. I, I think it's it's all about having that, like, again, that commanding captain's presence. And Anson Mount brings it. I mean, one, his hair is perfection. I mean, I, I called that on my rear, and I was like, I can't believe I'm writing this. But his hair's just... It's beautiful. It's just this thing of magnificence, like the way it stands. Yeah, even like, when he's, That's like, my laying in that... Yeah, when he's like laying in that woman's lap, you know, no major spoilers there. But she's like, you know, doing the hair thing, and it's still perfect. Like she's not even messing up his perfect hair as she's like stroking his hair. It's crazy. Absolutely. What kind of hair product does, <laughs> right. this, product does this man use right. in his hair? I need some. What kind of replicators are making that hair gel? Let me know. But he's he's just such a, a fascinating like if that's canon as far as like Kirkland from Pike, you can kind of see that influence that Pike has, like he. They call him the Boy Scout, and he, he jumps in, and he's always doing the right thing, and he's you know somewhat impulsive every now and again. But he just Anson Mount brings it, man. Like he, he just really embodies that captain's vibe. And again, that that ensemble cast, like they all work off each other really well. Like it feels like they're actually like a tight knit group. How they act off each other and everything like that, and it, it just shows week to week from episode to episode. It's been really nice to see. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really great because because I the reason I I, I love the Orville, and I think the Orville was so good when it came out because we didn't have Star Trek like that at at that time, right? We didn't have the weekly adventure Star Trek. And I wanted so bad for them to, to bring that Star Trek back. And they did. And I think they've knocked it out of the park. So if you haven't seen it, please, please go watch it, man. It's 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 good stuff. Yeah. Probably the best thing about Strange New Worlds is that each episode tends to focus on a specific crew member, which I think is great. It helps flesh out people out more and helps, you know, center those bonds because, you know, Spock is going to react differently as something Pike might have or... Uh, Yuhura has different issues than, uh, say, Dr. Mbenga might have. So it's fun to see the, from their perspective and exploring the galaxy. So I think that's really great. Yeah. And tropey. And, but tropey done, like, great. Like, they, they hit all of the, you know, the sci-fi Star Trek tropes and basically everything you think of, like, minus, like, the Tribbles, basically, you know. <laughs> and they, they do it so well. Even, like, they put them in the different timeline type thing. They they kill that. They kill being in like the storybook, like oh the rep or the you know the hollow deck is malfunctioning, so everyone's in the thing. They they kill that episode. Like it's they just hit everything that you want Star Trek to be. They hit it. I think they really set themselves up to do this again for for a while. If it's ten years before, they got a lot. They got a while. Well, I mean, even even just like the the reimagining of the Gorn, and they've made the oh, Gorn God. terrifying, scary, really really scary stuff. Like and even like. At this point, like I was surprised, and I, I was kind of, I was actually kind of happy. I, I actually thought we wouldn't see a Gorn until season two, and we, we really haven't. We've only seen we really haven't baby yeah. Gorn at this point. But you know, when um, I forget the uh, cast member's name, but when she's talking about her experience growing up on the Gorn breeding planet, like just the myth of like hearing about it but not seeing it and then being attacked by them, like yeah. it, it re they really did that, like kind of like genre of kind of like you know horrid thriller really really well they they brought it 
Yeah. If you don't remember what the Gorn oh, are, yeah, if, you're, if you're listening and you're like, what are, what are the Gorn? Remember that thing that William Shatner fought, like the big lizard guy that was like big cheesy as hell? Balls, right? Yeah, like that thing. <laughs> Those things are scary as hell in this show. So <laughs> really, just know that really even... Terrifying. They, they, uh, and it sets up good uh, stuff like... too. And I generally love yeah, that. I, I love, love that there is an alien race out there that just cannot be reasoned with because it stands for... Law of averages means something has to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a neat twist because again, most people just thought, I mean, the Gorn have only appeared in a handful of things, just that original series episode and then sporadically across the franchise. So for them to get a focus and to, you know, we were worked as these absolutely horrifying monsters, like, yes, yes. And again, Adrian, going back to your thing, I like that the two episodes they appear in are horror tinge because yeah, Star Trek. The horrors of genre Star Trek were danger too, but Strange New Worlds handles it so well. And but I mean, it's it's. I would it like to see it, it. It's nice that they tackled it because it's space. Space is terrifying. Mm. Like, and just even mm. without any aliens. So I don't know. This is my little plug for anyone out there who knows me. Like, go watch For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus because that handles like horror in space without aliens. It's just the fact that. Humans aren't designed to live there. So, like, again, I love that Strange New Worlds tackled kind of like this, like, terrifying, like, you know, when life systems don't work, you're screwed. When aliens are attacking, yeah. you've got nowhere to run other than the ship. Yeah, and they're you're outgunned, screwed. like, nine times out of ten in this this series. I think, you know, because of things like the Next Generation and, and, and Deep Space Nine and all these things, where they're used to being... We're used to seeing the Federation as, like, a powerhouse, but... They're on the like losing end of the stick a lot of the times in in Strange New Worlds, which I think is refreshing. I think. Well, which I'm I'm glad you brought oh, that yeah. up as well because like you see a lot of that within Discovery as well, especially because like you know within you know the most recent I forget exactly it was season season three season th- season three when they warp to the future and the Federation has been obliterated essentially because there's no uh, light speed travel, um, and it, that's kind of been interesting to see like what the discovery tr- crew like how they handle things given that the fact that there is no backup of the federation like even earth is kind of like you know we distanced ourselves like decades ago like we're we're our own thing now um yeah and then seeing how like discoveries had to like you know rebuild that trust almost amongst planets and stuff like that and i i like that because then that's taking star trek now it's it's separating the two stories within the franchise and say okay well we can do something completely different here that's completely unique and just reimagine star trek as a whole because you know, i mean even at one point you see um the uh vulcans and the romulans have formed a unity and like now share the space i think they're called the the navar um which is awesome to see again you've got so much of a, a giant sandbox to play with yeah star trek fans eating good for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I was going to say, the only other thing I haven't checked out, but I'm very excited to because I know um, Mike McMahon has kind of been leading the animation. And for anyone who doesn't know that name, if you've seen Solar Opposites, you've seen Mike McMahon. Uh, he's kind of been headlining that whole uh, Lower Decks thing. And um, Jack Quaid is also, uh, one. I think he's one of the lead voice actors in the shows for Lower Decks as well, right? Yep. It just looks silly. Like, I again... I'm so excited that Star Trek is saying, no, we'll we'll embrace any and all storytelling. And again, just the, the ridiculousness of like, well, let's see what life is like for people who aren't the crew. Like who are on these ships and just going yeah. through these bizarre situations. 
Prodigy is amazing. It, it, it's basically in one of the far reaches of the Delta Quadrant, a group of alien kids have been more or less subjected to a mining uh, facility. They they work as slaves, basically. You said they you say Delta Quadrant? Abandoned, uh, you said well, Delta Quadrant? Oh, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah, so they find a uh, experimental star fleet ship called the U.S. Protostar and escape, and they have to learn how to work as a team and get this. The Protostar is equipped with a hologram of none other than Captain Catherine Janeway with uh, Kate Mulgrew pricing her role. I, I, no one can, no one can see this, but Adrian's nodding. I, I knew that part would catch his interest. Yeah, man. Anything with the Delta Quadrant is is a hundred percent up my alley. It's such a great, you know, area of Star Trek. And Janeway's coming back from from Voyager. Sign me up, dude. That's that's a solid sounding series right there. Yeah, I love that Janeway is coming back. I like the idea that we have a f- all alien cast and they have to learn how to communicate with each other, which is kind of a meta way of yes. getting kids into Star yeah. Trek. And the voice cast is uh, phenomenal. John Noble voices the villain known as the Diviner, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that's. I mean, again, it's it's very exciting these days being a Star Trek fan. And again, I, I was never massively into it. Like I, you know, loved the Next Generation, but it wasn't. And then you know, some of the more recent films with J.J. Abrams. But like now, like I'm I'm definitely bought in. I I like how they, you know, the the episode of the week and what they have to deal with and everything like that. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It kind of reminds you, like, oh yeah, this is why these kinds of episodes were so successful in the past. And you know, got people into watching TV in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I think we've uh, we're all talked out with Star Trek. So, um, hopefully, we've convinced you. If you've not been massively interested in Star Trek, that maybe you'll go out and check some of that stuff out. Uh, we've got some great articles on the website. If you want to go check out what we think of Star Trek, and as always, you can join us in the Discord as you watch and catch up on the latest shows. There's always people talking about them in there as well. All right, on to our last topic of the show. Guys, what have you been watching or, you know, reviewing for the site this week? What's What's been catching your, uh, your interest lately? Adrian, throw it over to you, pal. Yeah, so I've been on vacation slash six, so I haven't had a lot of stuff to go out for the site this week, let alone being able to watch anything. But I did re- watch all of Strange New Worlds this week, which was fantastic, and you can find... Um, our coverage there on the site. You can't find this on the site, but I would encourage you go watch the, the new series, of the, the new season of the challenge. Uh, if you're not familiar with the challenge, it's like reality TV show where like they compete and like for like money. Traditionally, what they would do is they would get like people from like the real world or like the road rules, like MTV reality shows, and they put them on a thing to compete and do like physical challenges and puzzles and stuff like that. But this season, they're bringing in people from from Survivor. Big Brother, The Amazing Race, and Love Island. So just like the most random <laughs> and obviously, you know, The Amazing Race and The Survivor are two like the biggest reality like game shows like there there is, right? I love the I love the Amazing Race. I'm such a sucker for that show. So picture like those people, but in like the challenge house, which is just predicated on just like drama and backstabbing and intrigue and stuff. So I think this really has the set up to be one of like the best seasons they've had and it's on paramount plus so if you're watching star trek and you're watching all this great star trek stuff and you want something to kind of like turn your brain off a little bit after having like you know the great life lessons that you get out of star trek strange <laughs> new worlds go check out the challenge usa because i think it's going to be super fantastic but you know i'm going to be back into to, to reviewing comics and stuff like that here shortly so be on the lookout for all that stuff but 
really excited for uh, more Star Trek in my future this week. CJ, how about you, Paul? What, what's been catching your interest lately? I watched the first season of the Baymax shorts on oh, Disney it's Plus. So wonderful. Like, um, it's just so joyous. So good. Big, Big Hero 6 is one of my favorite modern Disney animated movies. So I like that continuation. And I like Baymax just walking around helping people. It's just it's so pure. sweet. It's, it's nice. So, it's so damn sweet. I, I, do you know what? I like after I watched it, I just wanted more. Like it just left me with like, that's not enough. You you can't just leave me with these like, yes. I think it was what, six, eight minute episodes. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, You're going to need to like keep this going because I'm not done yet. Give me a season two and have Baymax try to treat the other members of Big Hero yeah, Six. Be that could, I make know. the episodes longer. There's if a demand I'll... for it. Like I, I saw nothing but positive feedback on the show. So 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 good, so good. Definitely worth a watch. I recommend watching Big Hero Six and then watching that back to, af- afterwards. And I also watched The Bear on Hulu, which is a comedy, nice comedy drama. It's about this uh, really skilled chef who gets word that his brother has sadly committed suicide and left him his restaurant in Chicago. And he has to run to restaurants, which is hemorrhaging money. And he has to work with his brother's friend who is a Chicago native <laughs> and prone to conflict as well as other stuff. And I, I started working, my first ever job was in a kitchen. I was a dishwasher and prep chef so i relate to this on so many <laughs> levels cooking is great it's therapeutic it's one of the a few things other than writing that i genuinely love doing but being in a kitchen environment is insane you, you got to do like 50 million things and this series perfectly captures the chaos and the anxiety that can bring about this there's some big egos in a kitchen as well mm-hmm and it has some really great uh and really great casts and really great cameos there are two actors yeah. that show up that you won't believe they got those people in there and they're it's just funny there's they have to cater a kid's party and the ecto cooler ends up getting spikes <laughs> yeah and this is uh jeremy allen white right from shameless yes jeremy uh, allen white is and i watched comedy. like the first like 10 minutes and he looks like he's just playing lip you know but like in this show a little bit which i'm okay with because i th- lip was one of my favorite characters in shameless so i'm really excited to check this one out and i'm glad that uh for someone who is in that industry, you you definitely endorse it. So I'm super excited to watch that one too. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, it, like even if you haven't worked, if you haven't, if you have or haven't worked, I think you all will relate. And there is some great stuff. You will probably walk away hungry. <laughs> but yes, Baymax and the Bear are my picks. Nice. Uh, well. Good Lord, my list is long this week. I, I don't quite know how I've been watching all of this within the last couple of weeks, but man, I, not only that, but I've been reviewing some of this stuff as well. But like uh, right now on Hulu, you've got Only in the uh, Only Murders in the Building Season 2, uh, which I love. Um, I, I just love that, that trio, Selena Gomez, um, Martin Short, and uh, Steve Martin. They're just funny. And I just love the show. It's just comedy that's built into it but then selena gomez brings this like really dry wit to it as well it's it's just it's so good it's it's just like very much comfort television and i kind of distracts you and kind of takes your mind off the the ills of the world (laughs) uh but then talking about the ills of the world i also watched westworld season four and that show it continues to be just one of the most complex things that just out there but i am obsessed with it it's 
it has me hooked and it's 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 an interesting start to the season especially everything going on um you know from season three which again was a phenomenal season um but this season they, they've taken it up to a whole new level and it, it gets dark and it, it goes there quickly so i think round about episode five it, it, it all kind of goes off so i'm excited to see how people are uh, looking at that one um, I also had a chance to uh, review Blackbird, uh, which is coming to Apple TV Plus. I think by the time this episode releases, uh, Taron Egerton, who plays a career criminal who gets locked up, and he is promised uh, his freedom um, in return. He has to go and uh, get information from a serial killer uh, who's been accused of murdering uh, a number of children. Um, and it just it's supposed to be kind of a very dark true crime like you know real serious almost like true detective season one real kind of scary stuff i love watching taron egerton ever since he was um rian in dark crystal uh, age of resistance um he's just done some really interesting and fantastic stuff so i will always find the time um to watch uh taron egerton i also as well just got the chance to check out uh, a new show on amc plus uh, called Moonhaven, and that was uh, it's some wacky sci-fi, some very interesting stuff. Uh, essentially, you've got colonists get shipped over to the moon, uh, and it, it gets um, they make it like a livable land, and they kind of terraform it. Uh, you know, just a section of the moon, and they implant this advanced um, technology that reshapes their community and culture and how they live, uh, the standard of their life, and they're supposed to learn how to live in a different style so in a hundred years they can come back to earth and uh, essentially teach people how to kind of uh, save the earth from everything we've essentially done to it so we're you know not such a terrible people i don't know if anyone's seen like a like demolition man but the the lunar people are very much like the futuristic people from uh, the demolition man uh it's it's a really like, uh... interesting dynamic because they're very naive uh and they they speak um can't think of that one uh, film. I referenced it. I actually reviewed it for the site, and I referenced it in my review, and I can't think of it. It was the Tom Hanks where he, he, he keeps saying the true, true. Um, it was like a three-hour film. It was really long and very convoluted, and it covers multiple different timelines. Um, Cloud Atlas? Yes, Cloud Atlas. Thank you. CJ, you're my savior tonight, pal. Um, but they, they speak in this like weird poetic language. It, it's very offsetting at first, but it, it was a good watch. It was a good watch. And lastly, my absolute recommendations coming up next week is um, E.B. Cooper, Where Are You? And it, it's just a bonkers docuseries, um, which captures uh, the events around D.B. Cooper and how he was able to ransom $200,000 and then jump off the back of a plane and disappear and no one's ever caught him or found out who he was and i think it's just that the nice thing about db cooper he's just this legend and again because he's never been caught it's just this myth and like it's almost like the great gold mine of trying to discover who he was and they, they have like uh conventions where people m meet up and share their theories of who's there who they think it is and the evidence involved yeah, that's so much more wholesome than and i, I mean not that like the docuseries about like serial killers like all yeah, those yeah. like kind of criminals aren't aren't all well and good but this seems like a fun watch it you is know? it is you get it's generally you get really intriguing pulled into because the, the circumstances just surrounding it are just like what no way this could happen and you looked it up and it really happened so here's a tidbit from it um they actually they go into the show it's very it's early into episode one and um 
Dexy said his name wasn't DB Cooper. His name on the airplane ticket was Dan Cooper. But um, there was some sloppy journalism that happened, and you know everyone's rushing to try and get the news out. So someone misheard Dan Cooper and heard DB Cooper and printed it. But for some reason, DB Cooper has stuck as you know the pseudonym for for who he is. But it, it, it was his name on the ticket was actually Dan Cooper. And I was just like, oh, that's weird. And again, like, I didn't even think about it at the time. Like, it, it never crossed my mind because I, I was just like, oh, my God, that's insane. But, but yeah, I think that's, I think we, we covered a good amount of topics this week. I'm excited about this. So that's our show, guys. So thank you so much for listening in. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please don't forget to drop us a like, subscribe, retweet, or review. Uh, make sure to check out the site, our YouTube channel, Twitch. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can always find us on the But Why Though Discord chatting about the latest in pop culture news. Adrian, where can the people find you if they want to check more of your stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. And then usually just talking about Star Wars on my writing, whether it's the comics or the the new books and and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, CJ? Where can the good people find you and your wonderful work? You can find me on Twitter at CJ Writes Things. And if you Google my name, Collier Jennings, J-E-N-N-I-N-G-S, you can see my written work, not just on But Why Though, but on Collider, Slash Film, and IGN. So yeah, that's where you can find me, yeah. And I've been your host, Aaron. You can find me at BritishCPA on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all my writing on the But Why Those sites and find me featured on some of the Twitch and YouTube reviews as well. And if that's not enough, you can always find me in the But Why Though Discord. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>